Hello and welcome to another episode of Bills from Afar podcast. You're with me, Tim Rudge, my co-host, Charlie. Charlie, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. It's good to be back. It feels like it's been a while, about what, 10 days it since has. our last pod. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, I have purchased a Micah Hyde jersey, which I'm very pleased with. I've purchased a very large Bills flag, which um, was probably a drunken purchase, I think. I don't entirely <laughs> remember ordering it, but we were going to take that to the uh, Fitzrovia Bell uh, pub when uh, we have game days. So that'll be that'll be a nice addition, um, just quite a bit larger than I, I, I thought it might be. Um, and yeah, and looking forward to the schedule release, really, so I can start planning some games and trips and things as a... Uh, you know, a few is this side of Atlantic, the thing about trying to go to Chicago if the dates work out. I'd like to try and do that plus a, a home game if I can. So, yeah, uh, that's where we're recording this one on, on Wednesday. Um, so schedule gets released our time Thursday evening, I guess. Um, yeah. And then tickets go on sale early Friday morning. So uh, I may be up at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., whatever it is to, to start ordering tickets. So, uh, yeah, stuff gets real pretty soon. Just from experience, because I imagine you've done this in lo- over the last couple of years. Do they go that quickly that you have to be up during the night to to buy them? As a UK Bills fan, I'm not. Yeah, I've you know, done that a, trip myself. It's a but... tricky balance. So the very first time I ever bought Bills tickets was for the game against the Dolphins, and I bought them the next day, and yeah. they were relatively cheap. Um, sort of, I don't know, 60, 70 pounds, something of that order. Um, and there was plenty available. I mean, obviously, divisional games. You know, that's that's you know, people are used to seeing those, those teams. Um, yeah, you know, th- there comes a point though, once they sell out the available tickets, then season ticket holders can essentially resell their tickets, so they can be kind of any price, uh, I believe. Um, when I bought them last year, yeah, last year for the Saints game, I ended up paying quite a lot of money because it was Thanksgiving, I was buying them pretty much the same day they were released, and I wanted to be sure that I could get to that game. Um, I had other things planned around it and uh, ended up probably massively overpaying because the tickets actually went down in price quite a lot. So the what do you think that was? Well, do you think that was a purely Bisburg Saints weren't good and they're on their third string quarterback? Yes, exactly. At that point, <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what I imagine. <laughs> so it was Thanksgiving, should be a really popular game, but it's also a time when people want to spend time with the family. But yeah, yeah, the Saints were obviously poor, and um, I think that that meant that uh, the tickets start to drop. So I probably paid up twice as much as I might have otherwise done. Um, if I'd waited so it's always hard to judge what's the right tactic what's the right approach really um, but um, obviously from people on this side of the Atlantic we're going to want to secure the kit- tickets and make plans and buying them earlier um, maybe at, at face value uh, before we get into the season ticket resales and that's um, probably the uh, the most secure way but maybe not the cheapest way yeah for us in the in the UK we have a uh, Bill's backers part bar I suppose where you watch our games at a Fitzrovia Bell if you've listened to this podcast for a while you'll know that um, but there's obviously you know there's been confirmation during the week that um, Bills will be placing uh, facing a Titans Monday Night Football in week two and then there's a lot of rumours still going around about the Rams opening uh, a game against the Bills so that would mean we'll have to wait till week three really for us to get together you know it might be a little meet during a pre-season for one of those games if there's one at 6pm here but um, I'll be I'll, I'll lose my shit let's just say for <laughs> using an adage that we used in a draft but I will lose my shit if we can't get together until week three I know uh, that's so, going to be frustrating if we have to wait yeah. till October or something for a first get together so yeah. and then um, there's all sorts of ravens over Thanksgiving on prime time as well yeah. obviously it's all speculation and we'll find out you know tomorrow uh, when, when the game's uh, are happening and you know how many primetime games we've got but it's not looking good at this stage is it in terms of what, what we're hearing like and five primetime games I think I mean how many did we have last year it was about five it feels like last year well we had uh, uh the Chiefs and Titans they were yeah Chiefs Titans were both late games we also had the Thanksgiving game didn't we it wasn't the Patriots second One game of- one of those was a the first good. game was wasn't it in Buffalo the first one. and then the Saints uh, was the next yeah. game at Thanksgiving I think mm. so yeah so we had like four. two back to back and then yeah the Thanksgiving yeah. so I think there was five and the Bucks the, game uh, the Bucks was game, a, yeah that was at twenty that was um, like that was a late uh, game it wasn't six o'clock but it was twenty five past nine I think so. Right. We were okay with that. But yeah, five. So yeah, over under five, it'll probably be around that figure, won't it? I think it'll be five, yeah. I mean, you don't tend to give teams many more than five. And obviously the Bills are 
a big draw right now. Um, yeah. You know, small market team, but people want to see Josh Allen. They want to see this offense. And uh, I think that if it does end up being the Bills versus the Rams um, in LA on week one, that's the Super Bowl that probably most people wanted to see. So um, I think I think it's actually some people go, oh, I don't want to play the Super Bowl champions game one. I think it's the best time to catch the Super Bowl champions. They're yeah. going to be cold. Um, you know, they've been partying half the, half the off season. Um, they will have had some, some changes in personnel. I think you don't let them get into their rhythm. I, I actually still think the Bills are a better team than Rams anyway, um, but I yeah. think they would have beaten them in the Super Bowl. But I think that's actually the perfect time to get them if you're going to have to play them. Yeah, same with the Titans as well, just because they've had so much upheaval and obviously traded AJ Brown, brought in Traylon Burke. So there's going to be an adjustment period there. So Titans week two, I'm quite happy with playing them then as well. So although they've got the stability like the Rams in terms of their coaching and, you know, the schemes that they want to run uh, personnel-wise, yeah, I want to kind of face the better teams first. So if there is an influx of free agents or uh, draft picks, you know, it's going to take a little bit longer for them to, to to adjust and fit into that system. So, no, agreed. So, cool. We're Excellent. here today. Yeah, we're here today to talk about the state of the AFC East, basically. So, now the first wave of the free agencies done and the draft as well. We just want to spend some time to look look back at our divisional rivals, see what their weaknesses were, how they've gone about addressing those weaknesses if anything, uh, over the off-season. Where does the team uh, in-house, front office ownership, perceive themselves in their life cycle? And where do we, how do we perceive those teams as well? And then just where do we expect, like what do we expect from each team uh, in 2022? So early win projections and just estimate on like offense and defense ranking is what we're going to be doing today. So that will include a Bills as well, which we'll start with. Um, obviously, we talk about Bills all the time. This is a Bills podcast, so we won't spend quite as much time talking about the Bills and you know what their weaknesses were and how they address needs, but that's the structure we're going for today. Um, and we will start with the Bills. So, Charlie, Bills 2021 record, 11-6, and 5-1 and one in division. Um, what was the team's weaknesses in 2021? And how have they gone about addressing those weaknesses this offseason? Yes, and one of the key ones was we would get gashed by uh, run plays um, from time to time. Everyone will remember that Colts game, which was really pretty ugly. Um, we don't necessarily, weren't necessarily terrible against the run all the time, but, you know, we weren't consistent against the run. We wouldn't be, we couldn't stop the run um, every single time. And that led to us getting gashed a, a couple of times when we really uh, shouldn't have done. Obviously cornerback two, not having that sort of athletic second option. I think overall, Levi Wallace played really well, but it did reduce our flexibility and our depth. It certainly once a uh, Trey White went out uh, was, was a, was a, was a bit of a problem on the offense. It took us a long time to get our offensive line sorted out, but actually I think by the end of the season, the last four or five games, it solidified pretty well, and uh, maybe it wasn't an elite offensive line, but it was certainly a, a decent offensive line. It was giving Josh Allen plenty of time to rip a variety of opponents apart. So those were sort of three standout areas. I got kind of one one final one, which is running back. Um, yeah. I, you know, it took us a long time for us to get the running game going. I think we all saw Devon Singletary perform, I think, reasonably well towards the end of the season, but. Um, Earlier in the season, the scheme, the backs, the drops, it just wasn't clicking at all in the running game. And that was putting more pressure on Josh Allen. So, um, yeah, sort of three and a half issues is the way I, I would look at it. Uh, what I would say is that one of the bigger issues from the previous season in terms of defending against tight ends, I think we, we, we sorted out pretty well. Uh, certainly having Matt Milano back uh, helped with that. I think we got a bit more out of AJ Klein as well. Um, but, yeah, those were the, the three biggies. So in terms yeah. of how do we resolve those? Any, any additional ones you want to add to the mix? Um, I think you listed all of mine other than rushing the quarterback. So high pressure percentage last season, but not mm. enough converted in sacks, especially uh, in the postseason when we needed mm. to step up and make plays in the biggest moments. We didn't quite do that. We had to dial up a lot of blitzes to get home. A lot of the secondary and the linebackers got a, a good amount of production in sacks and um, yeah, and Matt Hark as well, just yeah, the punting so situation was, the, one. Yeah. was mm-hmm. the only other one. And when we do these, we're talking about weaknesses of all of these teams. Clearly for Bills is just, you know, little tweaks, little changes that could be made because our roster is already, you know, championship level. So when we talk about the weaknesses of the Bills compared to the Jets, it's going to be a hell of a lot different because we're poking at little 
things that we can do to really, you know, yeah, get us over the, yeah. over the hill. That's it. So mm. um, there are the two uh, others that we've, uh, that are, are, I've recognised there. But I was thinking out of those five that we talked about there, I've got three out of the five have been addressed. So from my perspective, running back, because we've got James Cook and he's a much better receiving back. And we didn't really get any of that production from Devin Singletary, Zach Moss last season, not really receiving backs. So from my mind, uh, having James Cook um, coming in, you know, it's going to reduce um, the reliance on Allen rushing it. Um, and I think that's addressed in my mind. Would you agree running back? Yeah, yeah, James I think so. Cook and, well, I mean, Duke Johnson, of course. I suspect we'll all draft another running back next year, probably more <laughs> between the tackles kind of guy. Um, and, and one of Singletary or Moss will go. Um, so I think I don't think they'll pay either. Of, uh, I'm not convinced they're going to pay Singletary. Um, yeah. It's going to see what, what happens with Cook. But yes, I think for now, I think this is a passing team. We've got a, a back who is good out in open space, can attack the edge. He's got that pace that we, we haven't had. So I think that's definitely improved, yeah. Yeah. And then in terms of O-line, I put borderline address. So it kind of has been addressed because for me, uh, Roger Saffold isn't the biggest reason why this um, position position group has got better. I think Aaron Cromer bringing in yeah. him in, a more established, experienced, arguably better quality coach um, who has no ties with Sean McDermott. I think his influence will bring uh, better play, more consistency, and there'll be not only consistency in terms of the play, but consistency with the scheme. Hopefully they work out if they want to be a gap uh, or zone running scheme. I think it'll be zone scheme with these with these backs. I think, but at least be consistent uh, yeah. because it was yeah. between the two last season. So hopefully Absolutely. it is zone and it can be consistent all the way through the season. And the that's going to help. We should see an improvement from Spencer Brown a year two leap. I would think. I mean, we we know he's got the tools. We saw some great performances. We saw some not great performances, but he's obviously got the ability. So I think I'm also expecting to see more out of that right tackle. Yeah. Then the third one, rushing a quarterback. So Von Miller's come in. Uh, he's going to yeah, step up in the biggest moments and be a leader for that position group, influence on younger talent. Obviously, also uh, solidifying one tech will help Ed Oliver. Um, having that better depth with Settle, Billups and Lawson across the line as well um, will just overall help. So I think, in my mind, that's the biggest one that's been addressed. Um, you said about lack of depth and athleticism at corner. Kyrie Elam's come in. Uh, Christian Benford, I think, might be a, a, a really good player. I still hope that they get a veteran because we've still got Dane Jackson and Cam Lewis projected as our third and fourth outside corners. I feel like we still need depth, a little bit yeah. of depth there. So... Yeah. I in my mind, that's borderline addressed. One, one of the biggest uh, differences is getting Daquan Jones in, uh, you know, one tech. I think he's going to be probably the first choice kind of, you know, yeah. stuff for I would imagine. And I think if we, having him, hopefully a competent run stuff in the middle of that offensive line, and then you add, um, you know, this improvements in edge rusher, not just in terms of um, getting uh, Von Miller, but also uh, we, we should expect to see some improvement on some of these younger guys as well. I think it really changes the dynamics of, uh, of this defensive line. I expect it's going to free up Ed Oliver. Um, and I think that um, we shouldn't get gashed up the middle quite so often. Um, it's going to give us uh, more flexibility from these linebackers. So, yeah, I think it's quite exciting in terms of what they've done on defense. Um, I agree with you. I think one, you know, mid-range veteran would make sense in terms of just a bit yeah. more depth. Um, we don't know, you know, how long we're going to be waiting to see Trey White. We don't know what kind of situation he's going to be in when he gets back. You know, these sorts of injuries, you don't always come back full speed. We, we might benefit from having somebody that's around the locker room who also can bring on some of this younger talent as well. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think there's probably enough cap space to, to bring in the veteran there as well. Yeah, great stuff. So, where do you, where do you think the team perceives themselves in their life cycle? I think this is, and sorry, and how do we perceive them? Um, I think this is quite easy. I think the team perceives themselves as a contender, and yeah. we do as well. You aren't rebuilding when you have this nucleus with Josh Allen playing as a top three quarterback on his fifth year option, gone to the playoffs in the last three seasons, and should have gone all the way last season. You're not, you're not going to be. Re we're not rebuilding. We've got a championship roster, and it's all there. We just need to make it happen. Happen. So mm -hmm. I think that's a quick one that we can uh, yep. go through. Yeah. And then just um, what do you expect from the Bills in 2022? Just an early win projection. Record. Yeah. yeah, I think I think we'd probably say it's a 13 and four type team. Yep. Um, I think the schedule's pretty tough this year. Um, you know, games against 
teams like the Packers, um, obviously the Rams. We've got to play KC again. There are teams that even if we're better than them, they can beat us. You know, we see that the difference between winning and losing in the NFL can be very, 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 very tight. I mean, this is a team that lost against the Jags last year. Um, you know, any team on a bad day when we, you know, when they're, they're on a good day, that can be a problem. So, uh, but it feels like about a 14-3, uh, sort of 13-4 and four type team. Um, what about you? Where, where do you have them? Yeah, I'm pretty much there. I said 12 to 13 we wins. We won 11 games last season. I think we're definitely better. Um, so expect a couple of win improvement on that. And then in terms of uh, positional rankings, they were top five in offense and top top five in defense last year. That's not going to change. We've only gotten better and stronger. So in my mind, we're still top five in both categories. I think you'd agree as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the only caution I have is just... Really about Trey White and what we do in that secondary. Um, uh, I think that it's important that we get him back. It's important we get him back at a good level of fitness. And obviously, we don't know how long it's going to take for um, our new uh, our new cornerback addition to sort of settle. Really, um, but yeah, overall, I think this is a really solid, very well-rounded team. And I don't <clears> think it's just us that think that. If you, you read the articles and you, you listen yeah. to the podcasts, most people have the Bills as their Super Bowl favourites and most people say it's the most well-rounded roster uh, in the NFL. There are very, very few issues. We've obviously got to see how they get on with a new punter and what level of holder he is, uh, which might be more <laughs> of the problem. Uh, but honestly, if we can just get average punting out of uh, a Razor, I am going to be super happy. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. So we'll move on to the New England Patriots then. So 2021 record, they're 10 and 6 and then 3 and 3 in the division. So for this one, this is the most interesting one for me. When I was doing notes ahead of this podcast, I've written down a whole page of notes that I want to bring to the table and talk about. I feel like it's not as black and white as just looking at their needs, or, sorry, looking at their weaknesses and seeing what they've addressed, because I feel like some of their strengths have taken a, a step back in as well. So we'll still look at their weaknesses, but I think there's a wider discussion to be had with the Patriots. So in terms of them, like what, what was the team's weaknesses in 2021 and how have they gone about addressing those weaknesses? Well, I think you, you always look at if a team that makes the playoffs, how do they get, how do they get kicked out the playoffs i mean that's that that's the the biggest judgment on a team um that's where you're playing you know the best opponent you played all season in the biggest profile game did you did you hold up or did you get did you did you lose the plot and they lost the plot and i think we exposed a couple of big things the first one is that the defense really had no answers for josh allen you know, lots of defenses don't have answers for Josh Allen, but you know, for saying this is a renowned, strong defensive team, a team that's coached by this legendary Bill Belichick, they couldn't come up with a scheme. You know, whether it's too high, blitzing, whatever it was, there was no scheme that they seemed to be able to come up with that seemed to keep this Bills offense under in, in check, and, and that's the measure for them. You know, they're competing now to uh, with the Bills. The Bills are going to be favorites in the AFC East, and. Uh, they, they managed to win one game against us uh, last year in kind of crazy weather circumstances where honestly I felt that we made some bad coaching decisions. Um, but I think if we look at that game, uh, the last two games they played against the Bills, it was really poor in the secondary. You know, they got absolutely eaten alive by by Josh Allen. Um, so he didn't put him under anything like enough pressure. That linebacker group, I think, is not, not strong. It's got even weaker. I also think if you look at the offensive side of the ball, this is a pretty weak group of skill players i mean it's essentially a running team it has what i don't know eight nine running backs something like that um none of them are superstars but you know there's a few relatively solid ones and people like damian harris mondra stevenson um you know obviously they brought in pierre strong as well um but it's it, once they once you get beyond that running game this wide receiver group is not great i mean they brought in Devonte parker um yeah, great, fine, but he's not going to pull up any trees. Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne. I mean, are these guys scaring anybody? Nathan Aguilar, Nelson Aguilar. I mean, I don't know. None of this is especially worrying me. And part of it is not running me because I think Matt Jones is massively limited. Um, I think he's a solid player and maybe you have a solid NFL season. But I think what we saw was he does have that, as a rag arm, as those, those folks in Massachusetts like to say. Um, he can't get the ball that far very quickly down the field. And um, I don't know, it, it, it's a very one-dimensional offense uh, with a very limited quarterback and a very questionable defense. And I have to be honest, when I look at what they've done in this offseason, arguably they've got worse. 
um, not better. Um, they also don't have any cap space, which is uh, interesting. So, yeah, it's uh, this. This is a this is a mess of a team, and obviously the Belichick factor will compensate for some of that. But I look at that; I think it's the worst roster in the FC East. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to disagree, really, just with the off-season moves and what's happened. And <clears throat> for me. I put down three weaknesses and I haven't put as many as the Bills, but we watch the Bills week in, week out. I just have a more general idea of what their weaknesses are for Patriots. I've got three main ones down. So the first one for me is lack of speed and athleticism at linebacker. Um, not addressed in the offseason. So they traded for Matt Wilson uh, from the Browns. His average, uh, his 40-yard dash was 4.7 speed. So that's average athlete. Uh, lost by Noy and Hightower, who were... A problem last season, yeah. yeah. They're not quick anymore, you know. They don't have that burst, um, but they're pretty much banking on growth of, from from their youth players. Cameron Grown, uh, Jennings, uh, they're, they're expecting those players to make a step up, and you know, are, it's hard to know if they're going to do that. You know, they're banking on um, unknowns, really. Although they've been in the building for a year, two years. Are you really expecting a bigger jump to be able to, you know, bring that athleticism and, you know, uh, have those instincts required at linebacker? I, I don't know. I don't feel like they've addressed that. Um, the second one was heavy reliance on running a ball, lack of true number one wide receiver, which is pretty much what you said. Um, Devontae Parker traded and Tycoon Fortin uh, draft picks. That's the only real moves they made at wide receiver. Um, and they selected two more running backs, which clearly show, you know, that they're going to keep going with this run first identity. You know, it's almost like they're not trusting Mac Jones. You know, they're not building a team around him. They're kind of trying to take the team away from him, in my mind, which I yeah, I mean, you've, strange. You've, got, you've got to think they're going to, going to go a lot of, I don't know, 12 personnel, you know, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith on the on the field, um, you know, one of their running backs and just try and do everything underneath in the box. It, it just it's, it seems to be an offense that you can you can scheme against you know you know what they're going to do it's pretty obvious they're not going to kill you down the field you know you can bring your uh, your strong safety into the box and, and not worry about um getting getting murdered by somebody with you know electric pace um it's a very limited roster um and you know no not no one on here scares me there is zero superstars on this on this roster it just it's it's kind of insane actually just yeah. how average it is um but yeah, it's uh, I mean, Kyle Duggar, good player. You know, we like we liked him coming out of the draft. Um, I'm sure we'll see a step up from him. Um, I think that those safeties are, are pretty solid. But you know, they've lost lost ability at cornerback as well, haven't they? Um, yeah, which they haven't replaced. So I don't know. I, I was watching the draft, and I think you were as well. Going, what are they doing? <laughs> what, yeah. what are they doing? Uh, there just didn't seem to be a um, a clear plan of what they wanted to achieve through this draft, and. The Patriots have a history of drafting well. They did a lot of work in free agency last year. I don't know. It's a, it's a strange, strange roster and a very odd situation for the Patriots. Mm. Yeah, agreed. I'll, I'll dive into that stuff in a minute when we get to the, the team perception versus how we perceive them. So I've got a lot of thoughts on that. Uh, the last one for me in terms of weaknesses with red zone woes. I think they were like 24th in the league in terms of the amount of touchdowns scored. There's a reason why Nick Falk was one of the best fantasy kickers last season. Um, not efficient on offense. As we said, they haven't really brought any weapons in. They drafted two more running backs. Um, yes, they brought in Tycon Fortin, who's a 4.2, legit 4.2 guy. But if Mac Jones can't throw it more than 40 yards, and, you know, it's not just how far you can throw it, it's how quick as well, you know. If he's got a slow release, then it's going to take longer for the ball to get there. You know, whereas Josh Allen, you know, his the velocity of his throws, you know, it means that, you know, you can throw into short, you know, smaller windows and still be successful, whereas Matt Jones can't do that. So, yeah, yeah they've not addressed that. Um, so where, where does the team, do you think, perceive themselves in their life cycle? And how do we perceive the team? How they perceive themselves is a mystery to me because they're not doing the things that I think they should be doing. I think they're in a rebuild. Um, yeah. And, but they're, they're not doing enough to sort of illustrate a rebuild it's almost like sort of it's not even patching over the wounds <laughs> the wounds are not addressed so yeah. it, it, I, I don't know what they think at all but to me it's a rebuild the situation i, I think they're going to go backwards i don't there's got hope in hell of me making the playoffs this year um 
what about you? Yeah, well, I'm there as well. I think the team considers themselves as a contender, but in reality, they're still rebuilding, like, mm. for, from my perspective. And I think, you know, most of the NFL, except from fans from New England, will probably consider that to be true as well. Even Honestly, some of the New England I, I know a few Patriots fans in the States and this side of the Atlantic, nobody's happy. Nobody. They don't, mm. they don't see anything to get excited about out of this roster and, and the moves. And there's obviously concern about the coaching staff as well. I mean, who's calling the plays? Um, there's no play caller there. Um, is it by committee? I mean, yeah. This is this is a team that's lost its OC. Uh, it's still a relatively young and inexperienced quarterback that's going to have to get to know a new OC. Um, it's a bit of a mess. And I'm saying yeah. they can't uh, scrabble together wins. I think they will. But to compete for the AFC East, no chance. Mm-hmm. To compete for a playoff spot, I really don't see it. This, too, this AFC now is far too strong. I mean, this is one of the weakest rosters in the league. Mm. There's two reasons why I say the team considers themselves a contender, uh, not only in the AFC East, but just uh, NFL in general. Um, Robert Kraft, uh, I can't remember when he said this, but this was before free agency, before the draft, but he he had an interview or you know made a statement somewhere. And I just want to read what he said. Uh, this is to SPN, actually. So he says, I'm a Patriot fan, big time first. More than anything, it bothers me that we haven't been able to win a playoff game in the last three years. After my family, there's nothing more important to me than the New England Patriots and winning football games. That's my passion. So whatever I can do, hopefully in a small way to make that happen, I'm there. I'm not that happy that we haven't won a playoff game in three years. I think about that a lot. So the owner of the Patriots is clearly disgruntled and unhappy that they haven't won a playoff game. You know, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Belichick and, and those guys to, you know, get that addressed, win a division, win a playoff game, all of that kind of thing. So it's not only that, that is the reason why they think they're contending, but I also think they spent the highest amount of guarantees prior to the Jags this offseason. They spent $163 million in guarantees in 2020 after they went and won seven, seven games. Um, they only won another three games, but spending all that money, that clearly suggests that they're trying to get back to those heights. Um, they're trying to, you know, bring some more talent onto this roster. But that put them on the back seat, really, this offseason, because that's given them no cap, no no wiggle room to do anything. Like, they couldn't be in, in on the Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill sweepstakes. You know, if they had some cap space there and some more assets, then they could have made that type of move. But because they didn't have that, they had to settle with Devontae Parker, who's a wide receiver too at best. So all of these moves, and also not only sorry, saying about the wide receiver mix, but also they couldn't bring back JC Jackson. You know, they let him walk in free agency. He was probably their best player on defense. So just, it's just weird, this, this, this build. They kind of, the ownership sees them as a contender and expects them to be a contender. I feel like Belichick and, and, and those guys probably think they're halfway between contending and, you know, rebuilding because you look at their top two picks as well, uh, being... Cole Strange and Tyquan Fortin. They're two raw players. Mm. Um, and then it, just the whole draft itself, like, it's such an underwhelming draft class, as we talked about. Quarterback in round four. Why draft Bailey Zappi, who is a Mac Jones clone with a worse arm strength? Why do that? Do they even have faith in Mac Jones? The quarterback Jones? room is a, is a joke, isn't it? Mac Jones, okay. Brian Hoyer, Bailey yeah. Zappi, Jarrett Stidham. Yeah. I mean, it is poor. I just, here's the thing. You know, if, you, if you really look... It's so easy to defend against. They're so easy to defend against. I mean, just who's going to do you damage? You you cover the run, you force Mac Jones to throw it at you against you know one of the most talented secondaries in the league in the case of the Bills, um, and and make him try and win with his arm on the outside. I mean, against you know with with a set of wide receiver twos and threes, it's just so easy to defend against. And and this they've done nothing that makes them scary, um, no. not at all. The only the, the only asset that they have is Bill Belichick and his ability to scheme stuff up. And I think they will win some games because of that. You know, there'll be enough yeah. there. But to compete against it, compete, compete in the playoffs, no chance. To compete for the division, I just do not see it. Yeah, 
Yeah. And then they may, you know, just continuing on this theme, they trade away the best player on offense, Shaq Mason, for a fifth round pick. It's like, you know, I understand if you're trying to move assets around so you're not spending as much in the O line as they paid David Andrews and Trent Brown and that kind of thing. But it's just weird, like the whole team building philosophy. They've, you know, made moves in certain places and then taken their best player, you know, arguably they've lost their best player on offense and defense with uh, Shaq Mason and um, JC Jackson going. It's really weird. It's just, it doesn't feel mm. like they're creating an environment for Mac Jones to win. You know, it's not like you look at what the Jets have done with Zach Wilson, you look at their draft, you look at the players they've brought in. You can see it's going to take, you know, we'll get onto them in a minute, but it'll take a year or two possibly to have that infrastructure around uh, Zach Wilson to win. But with Mac yeah. Jones, it's half-baked, you know, making a lot of strange moves. Um, again, I, I find it all weird. If you got them as their record, what are you predicting them as? Yeah, so if we get to that, so what do we expect uh, for the Patriots in 2022? Um, I've got them about seven or eight wins. So I feel like the defence will be worse, which means they'll be losing more and be more reluctant to or reliant to pass, which is bad for the Patriots. So in terms of the offense and defense, I've gone for a top 20 offense, which is kind of where they were last season, but a top 15 defense. So that's gone way back. They were the second best defense behind the Bills in terms of yardage. I think they'll go back to top, um, you know, about 15th place because Belichick, you know, as you said, he's a genius. He can scheme up things, but they have lost a lot of talent. They've not done anything with their linebackers. So I feel like this is going to, that group's going to regress. And I'm looking at about seven, eight wins and their offense to be top 20 and defense to be top, top 15 in my mind. It's very average is what I'm yeah. going for. I've got them as eight wins as well. And yeah. um, that's less than I have for the Dolphins. So, And again, this all hinges really on Mac Jones. Like, Is he able to take a couple of leaps? If he can, maybe he can get them to nine, ten wins uh, and possibly get a wild card. But, but there's place. a ceiling, but isn't there? Exactly. Ceiling. With his limited athleticism, yeah. how much better can he get? And then what's he got that that improves his situation around him. As I mean, you said, I, I can't see that happening. How many, if you look down this skill set position of Matt Jones, Damien Harris, Joker Herbie Myers, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, yeah, uh, no throwing Johnny Smith, how many of these playing up in the Bills team? Any of Maybe them? Kendrick Bourne in the slot as a longer-term option for Crowder, but we got Shakir. We think he's going to be a really good de- mm. developmental piece that will, you know, probably have the full-time slot role in year two, possibly year three. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe probably Hunter none. Henry is a tight tight end too. I mean, this yeah, is. That- I feel like OJ Howard is better than both of their tight ends at the moment. I know he's one year, so you'd probably prefer to have Hunter Henry or you know. But that's like for like in terms of their contract, they're on isn't big that money. Ridiculous. That the yeah, pay- yeah. there's no one in the Patriots team that you would you would pick ahead of the Bill skill skill positions. Well, they're desperate, weren't they? In last offseason, they were desperate to get any talent they could, overpaid, and they've got themselves into this situation where they're having a mm-hmm. you know overdraft, you know, to, to fill needs. Uh, you know, it, it's really interesting at Patriots. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens this year because it's if they do hilarious. get seven eight wins, <laughs> and I've spoiler alert, I project them to finish third uh, next season when we get yep, same rankings but if they get if they win seven or eight games like we're p- predicting what's there's gonna be so much pressure like under well, the whole regime well, just, like, well how much of a leash does belichick have without brady it's oh, been two seasons now I, I how, how he, much longer will they take it he seems to have quite a bit surprisingly i mean but another two three years do you think yeah like, how long I, well, we... as far as i'm concerned if this is the kind of stuff he's going to do give him as long as he likes oh <laughs> so... yeah absolutely keep going bill but um so i mean let's look at it you know he's not better than the bills not better than the the dolphins mm-hmm. um is he better than the bengals nope is he better than the browns nope are they better than the colts nope i think charlie Titans? you could do it the other way which teams are they better than in the afc <laughs> jets jacksonville <laughs> Texans. Yeah. And we're struggling. Yeah. We'll have to do that, maybe. We'll have to rank them and see whether Patriots actually... But the point is, they are nowhere near a playoff spot. Nowhere near. Um, Which is great. I'll happily watch that tyre fire burn. (laughs) (laughs) Who are we doing next? 
So it'll be Dolphins next. So 2021 record, they finished nine and eight, uh, four and two in division because they beat the Jets and Patriots um, both times, but they can't get past us, which is great. So <laughs> what was the team's weaknesses in 2021 and how they've gone about addressing those weaknesses this offseason? Well, I think one of the, the big ones that sticks out to me is their offensive line. Um, you know, we, we we seem to be able to walk towards Tua in that, that first matchup that we had. Um <laughs> You know, and some of our, let's say, developing uh, defensive line talent was seemingly able to get free reign right to his ribs. Um, and I think, uh, you know, obviously got Liam Eikenberg on the right tackle. Uh, we'll see how he develops. But, it, it, you know, the offensive line just wasn't giving to a time. And that's one of the biggest things you need as a developing quarterback is you need time to pick your targets. You know, eventually defense, there, there will be gaps. Um, so, to me, anyone where you've got a struggle on the, the quarterback, the best way of, of sort of helping him out is to is to really work on the on the offensive line. I mean, skill positions, I think, you know, Jalen Waddle's a really, really good player. Um, they've also added Tyreek Hill um, to strengthen that room. So I think those those are two very solid uh weapons. Um, I think on the defensive side of things, they they've traditionally had in the last few years quite a solid defense but whenever they face the bills they've looked a mess they've looked the best in the secondary um and they've not really managed to get an awful lot of pressure on josh as well so this is one of those those teams that looks better on paper than it seems to perform when we play against them and maybe it's just a bad matchup um you know sometimes that that happens in in the nfl they seem to play better against other teams uh, than aren't us but certainly facing the Bills. I mean, there's certainly talented players, right? I mean, you've got uh, Emmanuel Ogba, you've got um, Xavier Howard, you've got Jevin Holland, um, Byron Jones. This is a, a Christian Wilkins, a, a player that I, I traditionally like as well. There's some talent on this uh, on this this defense, but whenever we play them, they look like a mess. And it's going to be interesting to see whether this you know, changes in coaching actually get more out of this group, uh, certainly in the, in the biggest games. Yeah. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with that myself. So I said about poor line play, lack of quality. So they, saw, they solidified that left-hand side. So they signed Tyron Armstead and Connor Williams. Um, so that's a massive upgrade in the left-hand side. They're still right-hand side's a little bit iffy, but you know you're not going to be able to you know make this go from the worst to the best you know offensive line in one off season. It's not possible. They've got some developmental guys that they've drafted, Liam Eikenberg uh, and Robert Hunt are like the pairing on the right hand. Robert Hunt's pretty good, um, you know, but they're hoping for growth and development there. So overall, I think that 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 weakness has been addressed. One of the ones you did mention was no running game to alleviate pressure from mm. Tua. So yep. the biggest thing for me was Mike McDaniels coming in for 49ers, uh, offensive coordinator. You know, he's going to bring that wide zone rushing philosophy over from, the 49ers and not only have they done that which I think will be the biggest thing but they've brought in a lot of new running back talent in Chase Edmonds who I really like on the contract they got that they brought in familiar a familiar player with uh, Raheem Mostert and then Sony Michelle was brought in there the other day so not only is it you know more talent rushing but they're a couple of good receiving options there as well. So, you know, two is able to check it down a bit more effectively to those running backs. That will help and that will be addressed from the changes they made there. They're not... In Sorry, principle, uh, this coaching change should help to her quite a lot. You know, if yeah. you've got a, a guy who is not going to be sort of attacking you down the field too too deeply, then that wide zone, West Coast offense style, you know, everything's out of the same formation. Um, theoretically, should really help to her out. It's quite a quarterback-friendly yeah. scheme. Yeah. Um, however, we've seen... Sometimes it takes a while for a, for a coach to really get their thinking embedded into a team. Uh, so I think that although there's talent on this roster, the biggest challenge will be how long does it take to get them where they can be? And how does Mike Daniels do? I mean, he's a kind of a weird dude, right? I mean, he's not, if you hear <laughs> interviews with him, how well does he gel with the dressing room? And when he's, when he's the boss, um, I think that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, yeah. I do think this is, in terms of talent and um, uh, consistency, this is the... Uh, well, I have them as a second place uh, team in the division yeah. uh, going forward. Yeah, yeah. Then the other one for me was just not enough passing touchdowns, lack of weapons and depth. Obviously, mm. Tyreek Hill, that's going to be massive for them. Not only because 
Um, you know, he'll help space the field with his speed, but that will allow the focus to shift from Jalen Waddle, as you mentioned. Um, you know, it's going to be really hard to match up with those two guys. And then they've brought in Cedric Wilson and Trent Sherfield as well, who's, you know, that that makes a really took a really decent top four wide receiver core. So, yeah. you know, with the moves that they've made on offense, there's not really any reason for Tua to fail. He's coming into his third year. As you said, like, but McDaniel's hire was pretty much you know, he was pretty much appointed to be, you know, to, to get the best out of two, as you say. Mm. It's a it's a completely, you know, quarterback-friendly offense that they'll be running. We've seen Jimmy Garoppolo, who's a limited quarterback, you know, play well and get to a Super Bowl. I'm not saying the Dolphins will get there, especially in 2022. That's not going to happen in my mind. But, you know, that will bring out the best and make them more competitive. Mm. Um, and then the last one for me, so those top three, I feel like, have been addressed. The last one for me is linebacker players pretty poor. They used Elandon Roberts, who's a really slow linebacker, a lot in the middle. Um, he's a good downhill thumper, but he's not good in space. Jerome Bake is pretty good as a complementary line, wide, wide, wide uh, linebacker, but all, the only thing they've really done is drafted two. Um, he's their top uh, selection on, I can't remember, the Tindall, second. It, yes, it, yeah. Um, on the second Georgia uh, linebacker. So is that really enough? No. So from my mind, that's not addressed. But to get three out of the four weaknesses, in my mind, that I had for the Dolphins addressed in one off season is really good work for them. So, so moving on, where does this team uh, perceive themselves in the life cycle and how do we perceive a team? Yeah, I think it's a developmental team. Um, I think it's... Um, it's not going to be competing for a Super Bowl. It's mm. not going to be competing for a divisional um, uh, win either. Um, Do you not think? I know. I know. There's still a, in my mind, a good gap between the Bills and the Dolphins. But I feel like you don't if you look just... at that. If you look at that, uh, well, uh, two things I think about. I think some talent. There's some. There's plenty of talent there. But it's a yeah. new coach, um, yeah. and there's a big question mark at quarterback. This is a quarterback league, and I think there's an awful lot of good teams in the um, the AFC. So I just don't see them really. They might fringes of the of the playoffs. I think it's possible. Yeah. But winning yeah. winning the AFC East, no chance. I just I think the gap is quite significant. And when you go through their opponents. Um, there are teams that are really well embedded that may not be the sexy in terms of the personnel, but they're just battle hardened. And I think this is a problem for this, uh, for this Dolphins team. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like with um, them making the Tyreek Hill move, I feel like they'd see themselves as a contender for the AFC East. I think they'll be happy to, you know, if, if they were to win the division, you know, none of us are predicting that. But they're going to find a way of stopping Josh Allen. I mean, yeah, yeah. Was it seven seven wins in a row, something like that? I mean, they, they maybe from a Dolphins' mind, with how Tyreek Hill has played against the Bills, you know, in the past, they're thinking, you know, they can't handle Tyreek. So clearly, the quarterback yeah, but, is more important, and they he lifts everyone else around him. But I just feel like the Dolphins, in their mind, probably feel like they could contend for the SC. I'm not saying they, that it's, they're going to win it. Yeah, I think but, the Tyreek Hill. Hill- point is, is an interesting one i mean they're obviously not going to attack us down down the hill because two can't throw that far right so um it, it's it's going to be sort of shallow crosses you know some places where he can use his speed and his shiftiness and that's where he's going to be matching up one of the biggest benefits uh, one of the biggest wins that Tariq hill had when he was at kc is not only is he working with one of the best quarterbacks in the league and that potentially has ever been um but he also had you know, an absolute killer tight end um, so it made matching up against them really difficult. Um, and obviously they've got Gasecki and I think he's, he's decent enough, but um, is he, is he at that sort of level? I don't think so. Um, I just think that it's easy to defend against, you know, it's a little bit one dimensional. Um, you can, you know, you know what they're going to do. You know, we saw the bills have actually done quite well against this sort of style of, of offense in the past, but they've got to find a way of stopping Josh Allen. I mean, it's not even been close in, in recent years. Um, they're not going to outscore us. I mean, that's for sure. So I just don't see how they can really get close in the East. And as I said, if you go through their schedule, it's tough. It's like ours. It's tough, but against a lot of battle, battle hardened teams. So what do you think, the Dolphins need to do then in the next year to consider themselves uh, or for you to consider them as contenders in 23? Like, what do they have to do, do you think? I think they need um, an outstanding running back. Um, uh -huh. I think someone who can really keep the pressure off Tua. I think they need to solidify that offensive line. They need to try and get 
a little bit more, actually quite a lot more out of Tua, generally speaking. I think they've got to, yeah. it's got to get a scheme embedded that actually suits Tua. They've got to have a running game that takes the pressure off him. I think they've got enough weapons at wide receiver and they've got to solidify that offensive line. I still, even with all of that, I go, are they going to be better on paper than the Bills in two years' time? I don't think so. Um, uh, I also... But at some point, that front yeah. office, um, Chris Greer, they're going to have pressure in a year or two. Yeah, you know, to 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 try and you know overcome the mountain that is the Bills now. So I'm just trying to think in my mind, like when do they become a contender? Like I think they think they're already there in terms of the AFC East. Um, I, I agree with you. I think they're still in a rebuild mode, and they're probably a year you, away from. What do you have just, in terms of record? Yeah, so I've got 10, 11 wins. So I said 12 to 13, so just behind the Bills. Um, Top 10 offense, top 10 defense. But ultimately, again, it all hinges on Tua, his third season. You know, they've got, he's got no excuses. They, they, they built a better O line, you know, got better running back talent. They've got, you know, clearly Tyreek Hill, which will help with their wide receiver depth and all that kind of thing. So let's just, uh, just, just go through their opponents. Is I have them as a nine, nine and eight team. And I'm interested to see where you think these okay. 10 or so it's not ten, It's not too far away. No, I didn't not. even look at the games. I just thought, well, yeah. I feel like well, they're 10, 11, you know. Whatever. Okay. Let's, I mean, I think we would back the Bills to beat them home and away, would we not? So that's two, um, two defeats. I would back them to beat the Jets twice. Um, I'd yes. back them to beat the Texans. I'd beat them to back them to beat the Patriots once. That's four. I'd back I'd them say to beat twice. The... Yeah, okay. Uh, I'd back them to beat but... the Bears. I'd back them to beat the Lions. Then I'm struggling. Yeah, mm. I've got eight. So how many is that? Eight, eight fingers. <laughs> yeah. So I feel that, like they've got to get a win out of the 49ers, the Chargers, the Bengals, the Ravens. Browns, the Steelers. Maybe if they get the Browns early and they don't have I think a, they could win Steelers, yeah, maybe. Like, yeah. yeah. There's two or three wins there. Maybe the Vikings. Yeah, but I think it's about 9 10. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're looking at 9 or 10. Um, it's funny because usually when we do, like when we go for a game by game for the Bills, I, I never like to say they're 6 and 0 every single season. I know that they have over the last, or pretty much they have over the last two or three seasons, but I just think the likelihood of winning all the divisional games, it's really tough to do because they know you so well. Um, you know them so well. It's really hard to predict. So there's always, I usually go five and one based on where the Bills are yeah. now. I did last season. I thought they'd lose to Patriots, which they did. I think if I was to identify a team that the Bills will lose a game to in the division, it would probably be the Dolphins. Yeah, um, if they had to lose one, it would, the Dolphins are by yes. far away the strongest yeah. So I feel like we could split there. So that I would then get to about 10. It's more yeah. likely if we play the Dolphins in Miami later in the year, you know, where they don't have yeah. to uh, maybe come up to Buffalo in bad weather, where the scheme's kind of embedded and they've got two are actually ticking and doing something productive and consistent. Um, I think he's better than most people think he is, but he still yeah. is limited. Um, similar to Mac Jones in the, in the way that, you know, he's not going to kill you down the field. It just makes you easier to defend against. And I think this this Bills offense has only got stronger. It really has got stronger. Um, so I struggle to see where a defeat for the Bills in this division is going to come from. But you're right. There's always one. They do know you better. I always feel like we sometimes have ugly games against the Jets, even though the Jets are traditionally so much poorer in terms of talent in the last few years. But you know, they seem to come up with a scheme sometimes that, that causes problems. Although, you know, did okay with them last, against last year. But yeah, they, um, I agree with that. But as a, I think it's you know nine wins for the for the for the Dolphins is I think that's about as much as I can see because ultimately that's what they got last season. I know they had a pretty weak schedule last season. The Dolphins they won what how many games in a row? It's like something stupid, yeah. like eight games it's, it's in a row. It's harder this year. They're going to play against the 49ers, the Chargers, yeah. uh, the Bengals, the Ravens, the um, Packers, mm. the Steelers, the Browns, the Vikings. I mean, out of them. Out of those sort of yeah. games, only really the Vikings yeah. that I think maybe they have even chance against. Yeah, so it'll be there or thereabouts, won't it? Because yeah. yeah, you say it's a harder schedule. They've got better players in, especially on offense. So it probably even itself out. So we're not too far away. You no. say nine, yeah. I'm going ten, eleven. So yep. that's brilliant. Okay, so we'll move on to our final division. Uh, Divisional rival, the New York Jets. So, 2021 new record, four and three. Uh, so, four and three, four and 13, and zero and six in the division. So, <laughs> we could be here a while, but what was the team's weaknesses in 2021 and how have they gone about addressing those weaknesses? Shall I quickly just say that yeah. the weaknesses were everywhere and <laughs> exactly. it was the worst it's a, defense. It's a very long list, is it not? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, 
No, that's yeah. it. So I mean, everywhere, worst defense in franchise history. Um, so quarterback, yeah. not great. Yeah, O line, O line, Thailand talent. There's so many areas. <laughs> just, so I think if we just yeah. be, like look at where they've actually improved, they were the one of the so, worst teams in the league. Full stop. Yeah. yeah, but they've made some good moves in my mind, especially in a draft. I feel like well, you know, you should have a strong draft because they had what, four picks in the top 38. So with that amount of uh, assets and ammunition, nice players, should, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Source Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, these are all um, players that we would have liked on the Bills, probably. Yeah, no, definitely. So I feel like, especially on offense, they had the talent in all areas uh, outside of quarterback. Obviously, they've got Zach Wilson established, but Garrett Wilson, they brought in into the wide receiver room, uh, 10th pick in the draft. Uh, Debt for O-line. They didn't really go out other than Lake and Tomlinson and actually add anyone. I'm surprised in some ways they didn't actually draft an offensive tackle just because of that. It seems a bit weird, that Mekai Becton situation uh, with his weight and they didn't like how he turned up last season um, into training camp and all this kind of thing. But I'm, I'm going off on a tangent a bit there. So, Brees Hall, what we talked about, overhaul the tight end room with uh, CJ Uzama, uh, Tyler Conklin and uh, Jeremy Ruckett, who I really liked. Um, invested in secondary, a lot of investment, not only Source Gardner, but they uh, paid money on DJ Reed from the Seahawks and Jordan Whitehead from the Bucks. And as we said, strong draft. So I feel like, you know, that they, 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 all they had to do was like draft the best players available to them um, yeah. in, in a draft and, you know, add a few uh, players in free agency and they've automatically got stronger. That, you know, there's no, there's no one for them to lose that would have made them worse other than if they'd done something stupid, like got, got rid of Quinn and Williams, but they wouldn't do that. Um, so they could only get better. And I feel like they, they, they definitely have got better. Um Shall we move on to just where does a team perceive themselves? I think that could be quite a quick one, but yeah, I mean, it's essentially it's a it's a it's a developmental rebuild team, basically. I yeah. mean, they're they're still trying to work out what they want to do around this this quarterback. Um, I think that it's rebuild and rebuild. Why, yeah, like, exactly. Like the team perceives themselves as a rebuilding team, and the fans do as well. They're not. Yeah, expecting. absolutely. I mean, they've undoubtedly got better, um, but you know, you can't depend on rookies to do everything for you. Um, I think that there is a, a still a talent gap. Um, rookies always take a little time to embed, but you can see there's a plan now. You can see that they're they're, they're bringing in the right kind of characters, the right kind of players. Um, I'm still have massive questions over their quarterback. I just, um, I mean, we saw him in person, didn't we? And he was incredibly disappointing. I saw very very little out of him last year that gave me a lot of hope. Um, the Jets this traditionally have been this sort of dysfunctional organization as well and i think we've seen maybe some bit more solidity out of robert Saller and um something that maybe gives you some feeling that they're heading in a slightly better direction but we've got to see it uh, we've got to see it. i mean there's some talent there i mean you've got um, carl lawson there there's cj mosley on defense but i i think it's been a while since this jets team has been reasonable <laughs> even reasonable yeah. um it's been an ongoing tire fire and i kind of almost no matter what they do um i want to see it before i'm going to believe it what i will say is it's, it's young um it's talented but it is inexperienced and um they still have to my mind a, a very big question mark at quarterback yeah i feel like um you know they're aiming for 2023 you know they need the yeah. young players on their roster to get experience and in Zach Wilson have another year uh, to develop. I feel like, yeah, as has touched on it with the offensive line, like, yes, they had Lake and Tomlinson, who's a, you know, a good quality guard, but they didn't really do much else to solidify the rest of the O-line. I know they brought in depth, which will be valuable. They brought in a swing tackle uh, in their draft, uh, Max Mitchell. But is that really enough? Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't think so. We, we got to the Zach Wilson in the second game last season nine times. You know, yeah. sacked him nine times. It's a huge um, problem that offensive line. It, it is. Really is, and we've only just got more robust up front and brought Von Miller in. So we said this with, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you must feel for their 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 bodies, don't you? You can kind of imagine that the challenges they're going to be facing. But you know, we said this earlier with Tua that one of the best ways you can help a young quarterback, especially one that doesn't, uh, you know, isn't really settled yet, is to get an O line, buy them time. Eventually, their wide receivers will get open, but. Without that offensive line, we saw it with Josh. You know, he was on roller skates for much of his, his first season with the Bills, and it was wasn't until the second season that they really solidified it. Then, of course, then we started to see a big improvement in Josh. Josh has more natural raw talent than either Tua or um, Zach Wilson by quite some distance. Um, you know, but that to me is is the fundamentally the biggest problem for the Jets. You know, you've got to you've got to help him out more. 
Yeah, and if Zach Wilson can take that step or two, then, you know, great. You know, they, they could even, you know, we talked about it, I think, in the uh, draft recap, you know, they could overcome the Patriots. Like, if we go to the, uh, like, what do we expect from each team in 2022 with the Jets, I put six to seven wins. And when you consider the Patriots, I put them seven or eight wins. You know, they're not far off. So if Zach Wilson can take a couple of steps forward mm. in, t- in his development and they've got, you know, as we said, they've gotten better in their, uh, you know, weapons uh, and in their secondary, uh, that could get them over a hump and they could actually finish third. You know, Patriots could finish bottom of his division if Zach Wilson takes those steps. And that's banking on Mac Jones not taking those steps. And uh, but, but we already talked about that. I feel like there's not many steps he can take. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know about you, but I certainly think Zach Wilson's got a higher ceiling than Mac Jones. It's not oh, yeah, without be, a doubt. Yeah, he's got more know, tools. Yeah, it's not to Josh Allen's level, but he's definitely got out of the three. You look at the uh, opposition in, in, in the division, you'd have to say Zach Wilson's the one that's got the highest ceiling mm. out of Tua, Mac Jones, and himself. So, um, and in you, terms of, um, oh, sorry, what, what did yeah, you I was say? say what do you have him as a record? Um, yeah, so six to seven wins is what I've gone for. Okay. So, as I said, like one win potentially off the Patriots. So, it's not a big gap. And then for offense and defense, I've gone top 20, which is pretty good when you consider they've gone, they're ranked 28th and 31st in offense and defense, respectively. So, mm-hmm. uh, not respectively, really, when you consider it. But top 20 is a good step up in both categories. So, that's what I've gone for. What about you? I've gone for four wins. Okay. <laughs> I, w- I would have said... You're not that... thinking of a one or two wins based on moves they've made? I just went or... to the schedule and uh, I just okay. couldn't see it. So they have... Yeah, let's let's say they can get a win out of the Patriots. Let's, for example, um, Jags, I think they might be. Seahawks, possibly. Um, Lions. Bears. All right, so maybe there's five. Are they going to beat the Broncos? Nope. Vikings? Nope. Packers? Nope. Steelers, Browns, Dolphins, Bills, Bengals, Ravens. You say that, but you know it's not quite as cut and dry as that. <laughs> no, you know, I know, you think I know, about they nearly beat the Bucks last year, didn't they? With bloody Brady. But those, they... but those are kind of those are freak. Games, I know what you mean. They? Those are yes, freak yes. games in terms of like just you, you maybe one that we would expect them to win. They don't win, you know? yeah. And maybe yeah, one that we yeah, don't yeah. expect. It evens itself thinking, out, doesn't exactly, it? Yeah. yeah. But th- th- their roster is sorry, their roster, their schedule is also it's pretty hard. And I mean, there are teams that I would consider to be in a similar category to them in terms of like the Bears and the, and the Jags. Well, maybe they beat all those guys, but um, I don't see them getting more than four or five wins, honestly. Um, I, I, I do think they've improved. I think they've improved quite substantially. And I think they're on a better path. So I don't think four wins this year is as bad as, you know, it's not in the same category as what they would have done last year. But I think this inexperience that they have... Um, general dysfunction around the jets is, is always kind of something that seems to hold them back um yeah i just don't i just don't see them be many of these teams mm. you've you've done this a lot more thoroughly this exercise because i've just looked at the team and thought well i think based on the moves they made there'll be about this amount of wins but you've actually gone through the schedules mm-hmm. or the teams that they're going to play anyway and actually thought about it more so that, that's that's really good but uh, again it all hinges again uh, as we keep saying on, on the quarterbacks for the other three division yeah. opponents so that's the biggest thing but i feel like the bills the dolphins and the jets have all got better uh, and the fate of New England, fit the Dolphins and Jets all hinges on their quarterbacks, as we talked about Wilson more so. But um, yeah, I feel like in summary, that's that, that's the division. And I feel like you know how we've been talking, we've got two clear cut, you know, better teams in the division with the with the Bills and Dolphins. You know, quite there's a quite clear gap between those two teams, and then the Patriots and Jets, who should be, you know, possibly fighting for that you know, third and fourth spots. So it all shapes up to be an exciting season when we get there in three months. You know, yeah. there's a lot that can change as well. You know, there's still going to be, you know, players signed and potentially trades. I don't think it will happen now after the draft, but, you know, you never know with the NFL. There could be anything that happens. So um, later on in the summer, we'll be revisiting this and actually going through the schedules and giving a proper yeah. prediction before, won't we? But uh, I mean, yeah, I think for me great. is that, you know, the Bills are really out there on their own in terms of having consistency of coaching staff, good quality talent on the roster and a franchise quarterback. And none of those three things exist in any of the, you know, those three things don't exist in, in combination, any of those other three teams that we're facing. So 
Yeah. Um, yes, and we may still see some improvements in the Dolphins and the Jets. I think there's going to be a regression with the Patriots. The Patriots may, may, may be fourth in this division. It wouldn't be a complete surprise. Um, but I do think that Belichick's just coaching expertise will, will counteract that and they'll still just about beat the Jets. But I think there's quite a big gap in, in terms of uh, the, the consistency of what the Bills have, the quality of the players they've got. There are very few players across the AFC East that get into this onto Bills roster. Very few. And that's pretty damning on the rest, I'm afraid. But um, yeah, good for us. It means that hopefully we have look, maybe five, one, six and six and zero games against the division and we can focus our energies on some of these more tougher opponents. But um, yeah, I'm not going to complain. Good stuff. So is there anything else to talk about before we... No, I don't think so. I guess our next uh, show will be about uh, the schedule, um, which is I know, funny, isn't it? People get... People, some people go, oh, I don't care about the schedule. Other people are kind of mad keen on it. I'm, I'm quite, uh, quite keen to see the schedule because I want to plan to go and see some games. <laughs> so I'm yeah. pretty excited about it. I might even be up at silly times in the morning, as I mentioned earlier, to, to buy tickets um, for, for maybe a couple of games. Really would like to get to Buffalo again this year um, if I can. So, um, yeah, we'll, we will see. But um, I think that will be our next show. We'll, we'll go through the, the schedule and think about, you know, these primetime games, which undoubtedly we're going to get, and, um, you know, how that sort of feels overall for the Bills. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Fantastic. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, please feel free. We are on email, billsfromafar at gmail.com, or on Twitter, billsfromafar, or you can get in touch with us individually. I am Charlie underscore sport. He's Tim Rose 90. And uh, until next time, go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs>